0: Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what
1: it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson. So let's meet my guest, Stephanie Callahan. So Stephanie works with service-driven entrepreneurs, visionaries, and all sorts of remarkable professionals who are experts in their field to help them get out of their own way, which you know that I love, and build highly profitable businesses and extraordinary lives filled with impact and meaning. Yes, please. Now, she is slowly getting used to the idea of being an empty nester and lives in Illinois, USA with her husband and rambunctious Havanese dog, who I was forewarned we may see during this podcast. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having (laughs) me on.
0: Yeah, we might hear him at a minimum. He's snoring right now, so
1: (laughs) we should be good. Awesome. Now, Stephanie, we met... online via Instagram, as people do. And I was instantly, instantly drawn to the work that you do and the way that you share your wisdom with the world. Love, love, love that you have been coined the problem destroyer because I'm (laughs) a huge fan. And I'm like, yes, I love connecting with people who are just constantly in that visionary state going, yeah, no, that no, not that. Nope, like let's move on to the next thing. Let's move forward, let's move through. So I'm super, super excited that um, that's sort of your essence and your energy. Now, I also know that you weren't always considered the problem destroyer and that there was a time in your life when problems were really weighing heavily on you. And of course, the name of this podcast is Hot Mess to Awesomeness Podcast. So um, I, I would love to hear about the elements of your journey that brought you to this place where now you are a revered coach and you're helping thousands of people all over the world. Um, And yet I know that there was a time when that wouldn't even be considered possible. So let us in, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and what brought you here. So I think it would be helpful to start
0: pre-Callahan Solutions, which is the name of my business,
1: which way
0: back in the day, Uh, I did corporate consulting, and I worked with Fortune 500 companies in a consulting firm, right? And when I started working there, I honestly thought that I was going to retire from there, right? I mean, that was my intention when I started that work. And uh, I was really fortunate and blessed to move up in the organization really quickly, um, probably too quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was young with a tremendous amount of responsibility. Um, By the time I was in my uh, mid to late 20s, I was responsible for about 300 people that reported to me. And I loved what I did. I really did. Um, But then there came a point where the company went public. They were a privately held firm. And when they went public, there were some things that changed within the corporate culture. And I was starting to be asked to do things that they weren't illegal, but they were definitely on my ethical border. And they definitely conflicted with my values and the the type of person that I wanted to be in the world. And it got to the point where it was a pretty toxic environment, right? I mean, so much so that um, I took it, there were lots of hours in this job. Like I, I averaged 80 hours a week I kid you not it was it was a crazy working environment but that wasn't what really got to me or wasn't the trigger for me I took a day off and I drove two and a half hours south to a university to do recruiting now did you catch that I said I took a vacation day to go
1: recruit. Right. <laughs> for a
0: company? like my whole way of thinking about work-life balance like what's life right um, I went to work When the sun was down i came home when the sun was down and it was it was actually one of the moments in doing that recruiting where i was making job offers and i felt guilty for making the job offers i'm like wait a minute i should feel pretty good about you know hiring great people and offering them an opportunity and i felt super guilty Mm -hmm. and it was on that ride home that i contacted my husband and said what would you think if i left and months later, I had quit my job. He had quit his job. We had sold our house. And with toddler in tow, uh, our youngest was two and a half years old, we moved. And I started my business. Um, I do not advise that people um, jump quite in the same way that I did. I'm very grateful um, that everything ultimately worked out. But that was not the most planful way. It was definitely Uh, a a trauma response from a couple years of things just really not being great. And I mentioned, you know, I, I, um, I moved with a toddler in tow. David was, was two and a half when we moved, but part of, part of that toxicity was me not really being able to be a part of a lot of his firsts daycare providers were, were telling about stuff. And, and that again wasn't who I wanted to be. It wasn't the type of of parent I wanted to be. I wasn't the type of wife I wanted to be. Um, I had a really super short fuse, like really short fuse. Um, All the deep, wonderful, rich relationships that I had prior to starting this corporate job had basically fizzled away because all I did was work and travel and travel and work and work some more. I didn't have the capacity to maintain any relationships that were important to me. And so I started Callahan solutions. And now that, that, you know, you could say was the hot mess part, except for the fact that I didn't recover. I didn't even recognize that I was a workaholic. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize the toxic mindsets that I had in place. Um, when i when i left corporate you know i kind of left and i'm like okay i'm going to be able to do all these things that i wasn't able to do before right so i move i have a brand new community little kid new business and by the way i'm going to go and volunteer all over the place Um, i became a court appointed special advocate for kids that were taken out of their homes by dcfs Um, i became a rape crisis uh, counseling an advocate that would go to the hospitals and and work with the the, um, the survivors as they were going through those horrible tests um, and and talking with police and a, a lot of other things. Right. So I didn't recover from workaholism. I didn't recover from perfectionism. I didn't recover from people pleasing, and I definitely didn't recover from understanding my own worth because I had tied working hard to my value as a person, right? So I left the toxic environment and then just created kind of a prettier toxic environment of my own. (laughs) You know, I was doing all the things that I wanted to do, but I was still not in a healthy boundaries. I was still not in a healthy place. I said yes all the time to stuff that I meant no to. And it all came to a head in uh 2009 when i got really really sick and it it was progressive in getting sick right but by the time 2009 rolled around uh the the health professionals that i was working with said stephanie um you are shutting down and you are probably not going to see 2010 if we don't turn some things around um i i literally had Different parts of me on the inside deciding not to function. So, to kind of give you an example of what life was like then, um, the home that we live in has a standard size driveway. You know, it fits two cars next to each other down the length. And our mailbox is at the end of the drive. And I would walk to the end of the driveway and have to sit on the curb for like 20, 30 minutes before I had enough energy to come back into the house. Um, By the time all this rolled around, our youngest was in elementary school and he took care of me more than I took care of him. Now, remember a minute ago, I said that, you know, I wasn't being the kind of mom I wanted to be. That's one of the reasons I left corporate. And then I created this whole different scenario where I wasn't really being the kind of mom I wanted to be. My, My son was in second grade by that point and my husband would come home from a long day of work, and he'd make dinner because I had zero energy to help in any of that kind of stuff. By then, I was on the couch, didn't have enough energy to come to the kitchen table for a family meal. My husband would make the meal. He'd cut you know, the, the food up like you would for a toddler, and then my son would come and help me eat, and you can't get much more humbling than that, <laughs> um, and I think about all the things that he had to do to grow up so Quickly. Now, I am amazingly fortunate that I was able to be introduced to solo business owners who were able to help me figure all that stuff out. I ended up firing all my doctors um, because they weren't listening to me. Um, They didn't believe me when I told them what I was doing. Um, At the time, I was also about 230 pounds um and the sicker i got the higher my weight went okay. and um so then i was doing things like trying to limit my calorie intake and you know all those things thinking maybe i'll have more energy if i could drop this weight and there was such a perfect storm of medical mess <laughs> that i just had going on but i i was able to connect with this really amazingly fabulous um, solo business owner who listened to me, he listened and he believed what I said. He's like, okay, what you're saying doesn't make a whole lot of sense, (laughs) but that means we're missing something. Right. And he helped me figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm here today. (laughs) Um, and, and, and have so much more energy and so much more excitement about life. But it was actually working with him that made it really clear the type of people that I wanted to work with. I I ultimately had um, I had a lot of um, reality that I had to come to of like I was fully responsible for where I ended up with my health. Um, you know what what could I do? to really live my values. And so I I I sat back and and I explored all of that.
1: Wow. I am um I mean just I'm still wild. I and I I know we had chatted a little bit about this before and but to hear it again in the way that you described it is it's very powerful. And I think my personal experience and I know so many other women, there's elements in your story that I'm like, yes, I remember being there a hundred percent. And just if I do this, then this will be better. And when I get here, then this will be better. And when I, you know, I, all the good work that I'm doing, why would I stop good work? I could never stop good work. I mean, people, I'm impacting people's lives here. Like these people need me, like, and just not to put words in your mouth, but that's how I was, you know, and, and, and then to not have the, the practice, the habit or the community around us to go, do you see what you're giving up? Like, you know, I talked to a client yesterday who said, Oh, I could never do that. It would really hurt my mom. And I'm like, so you're going to go over here and sit in like shit land because you don't want to tell your mom that one thing. But if you do get through this, your mom will be that, what? How would your mom feel if you got through this? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a whole different. I'm like, right. Because the people that we are here, that we feel that we want to serve the most, the ones that we care about deeply, the, the people that we love, they just want us to be fucking happy. Right. And, and, and yet we, we externalize all of the things and be like, when they are happy, then I am happy. Well, nobody's happy when that happens. And, you know, and not to, um, again, make an assumption, but you know, for your son, he just wants mommy to be happy. And so we'll do any of those things.
0: And, and, and the reality is the, the, the more I started working on me, so right, so I rebuilt my entire business. Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't started with a good foundation of what I really wanted in life. I had done what I thought I needed to do to make money right? So not everybody has to redo their entire business. Sometimes it's just a mindset shift or a tweak here or there. My case was extreme, right? But I, I redid my entire business so that I could have a structure in place that allowed me to live my values. The things I really said were super important while still providing really exceptional service to my clients. And you can have both. And I think I didn't believe that for a while. No, I believe that it had to be a give and a take. I believe that I had to hustle and work super, super hard. But you don't have to. <laughs> you really don't have to. You can, you can build out structures and you can build in healthy boundaries that allow you to live a really joyous life and have a successful business. I call it having a life-loving business. You know, and the more that I, and then, and I did all the internal work too, lots and lots, <laughs> lots <laughs> of internal work. And I still do, right. I still do. But the more that I worked on me, the happier my entire family was, gotcha. the, the more that I worked on me, the more my son was going out and playing with friends rather than beating his mom, right. you know, and there was huge mindset shifts i actually divorced hard work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i said you know there because i was i'm i was raised in the midwest in the united states and and midwesterners are known as being hard workers sure right if you work hard you're going to get what you want and there's an element of truth to that but but frequently that hard work mentality turns into something that's Less positive for a lot of people, and I happen to be one of those people. And it was a family value that I had to learn how to let go. Which those are often harder than others, right? It's like, ooh,
1: that's like pre-generational. Uh, that's been with you, yeah. since, You know, before you were before you were a thing, <laughs>
0: right, right? Exactly. <laughs> Where was a twinkle in dad's eye? <laughs> you know, I so. I literally sat down and wrote divorce papers because like in my mind at the time, that was something that was formal and final and something that my subconscious could grab onto. Mm -hmm. Um, And I decided to have a healthy divorce, (laughs) not a (laughs) contentious one, right? Um, I was going to let go of hard work in lieu of excellent work. Yes. And you can have excellence without killing yourself
1: right that you're hitting on something so massive and so powerful the you know and I haven't met anybody on this podcast from all over the world that hasn't said you know well here where I live hard work is considered a really bad it's it's everywhere Everywhere. Mm -hmm. it's the I think it's the skewed label that we're attributing to hard right so I want I want, I enjoy working. I, I want to be challenged every day, every day. I want to be like, whoa, that's, whoa, that's some stuff there. I mean, I'm just going to go with it. Um, and I want to keep going with that, but I don't want it to feel like, Ugh. and when that happens, when it, then there, it takes the ease out. So I lived inside the limiting belief that it has to, you know, has to be hard in order to be of value. So if anything that comes easily to me, it's not worth mentioning, and so the the work I you know we miss our excellence, we sidestep it, we negate it, we you know push it to the side, and the we we, we don't notice that what is p- attracting people to us is that light, that ease, that that sort of who we truly are. And now we may have worked to get there. We, you know, build skills and go to school and learn things and meet people and all of those things. But when it's truly aligned with your values, with what you want more of in your life, that vision you have for yourself—the mom you want to be, the wife, the daughter—all the, those things—it, it falls into line and it feels it, there's ease to it. It, I really, I would love for everybody to just divorce the current belief system that they're running, that things have to be hard, or that you have to struggle, or you have to hustle, or the things have to be like, constantly, there's battle, there's, right, there's ease there. And if you allow, then it, the greatness that you are aligned with just sort of just comes to you. And it just is. And so, so tell me a little bit about those transitional moments when you started to have these um I want to say aha's, but you started to deepen your awareness as to like, oh, yeah, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. And you know, you're writing these divorce papers. Um, you know, tell me about what that was like for you on the inside. And then what did it look like outwardly? The how did it impact the others in your world as you were making these shifts?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, excuse me, it depends on some of the shifts that you're talking about. I mean, I I, I will say one of the most impactful moments that I remember in terms of how did it impact other people Mm -hmm. is I remember um, being over at my parents' house and I was working on their house with my brother and my brother said, it's so nice to have you back. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and went, "I didn't know I went somewhere. Right? I didn't know I had been somewhere. So, you know, that was one of those wow moments. Um, in In terms of you know different um, things that I did or or things that I put in place, um there's a couple of things that come to mind that I think could be really helpful for, um, you know, the, your community. Um, one of them was I put in place what I lovingly call and teach my clients the resentment test.
1: Ooh.
0: Um, so pre all of this, it, there was kind of this belief that it had to hurt. I had to earn it. Right. And you know I let go of that. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, so how do I keep myself honest with that? because I had built habits over multiple decades, you know, and those those habits are gonna keep coming up if you don't replace them with different habits. And so one of the things I put in place was the resentment test, because I said, I said yes to everything, Mm -hmm. everything, didn't know no. And so the way that a resentment test works is you're asked, will you do X or could you do X? And you sit quietly you don't respond immediately and you think about it and you say to yourself do i feel any resentment about saying yes to this any if you feel any even if it's this teeny tiny niggly thing that you're like oh that's silly that's silly doesn't matter does not matter if you feel any little bit of resentment at all the answer to the question is no. Then the next step is, how could I make that a yes? What would need to change with this circumstance for me to feel good about saying yes? Now, mind you, sometimes the answer is just always no. Right. <laughs> sometimes, no is a complete sentence, and no yes. is a healthy thing to say sometimes. But frequently, when we end up in this really resentful state about our life or our obligations or the work that we have or the volunteer stuff we've taken on, whatever, the activities in our life, it's frequently because of these tiny resentments that add up and add up and add up, mm-hmm. right? So if you can circumvent those to begin with and go into minor negotiations, you know, well, I can't do that on this day, but I could two days from then. Would that work for you? well you know i um i would really love to help you with a b and c but i can't do that for free Ooh, when one. i work with clients they invest this for that type of work right yeah there's lots of those there's lots of those and it's okay for you to ask for what you want person mm-hmm. <laughs> can always say no but you know. That's okay. Right. But but if you can get really clear about what it is that you want, mm-hmm. the amazing thing is when you ask for it, you almost always get it.
1: Right. And
0: life is so much better. Like I loved you saying be fucking happy at the top of your to-do list.
1: <laughs> yes. More, please.
0: Yes. And, and it is possible. It is possible. Now I I acknowledge that there are people that are living in circumstances where maybe what I just shared isn't as easy. Right. Um, but it does come with practice and habit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's one thing that I put in place, and I still do now. Now now it's habit. I had to teach myself to ask those things over and over again. Now I naturally go into the resentment test, and it's it's a really, you know, fast process for me. The other thing is I have over, I have a reminder over here. You can't see it, but I can. That says, what's the fastest, simplest, easiest, pain-free, and fun way to achieve? Fill in the blank. Yes. Because oftentimes the first thing that comes to our mind isn't that. Mm -hmm. But if we ask ourselves that question, we start getting creative.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, oh, wait a minute, if I did it this way, but we have to give ourselves permission to do that I think that is nobody else is going to give yourself that permission you've got to give it to yourself
1: absolutely and I apologize I just that permission piece is so powerful and I I remember in my early 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 days of like me um recognizing that I didn't know I was allowed to want things
0: Right, me too, yeah, yeah.
1: and I remember wanting lots, but wanting in the like lowest vibrational sense of want, like coveting kind of want mm, okay. um like, oh, I see them doing that. I wish I had that. Oh, oh, I wish I could do those things or I wish I was that kind of person and that kind of bullshit. and um I I started getting creative, I started doing art, which was lovely, but I remember being like, I want new markers. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to want that and I'm allowed to have that. And because there's joy like it was just this this idea of like acknowledging where my joy resides and connecting my my desires or my future plan around joy. Whereas in the past it was more like you know trying to avoid feeling like crap as opposed to moving towards something that was actually joyful. And I'm, it's definitely one of the first things that, you know, I ask all my coaching clients, what do you want? Knowing full well, it's going to be like, I don't know. I don't, I I don't know. And so giving yourself permission to want, and then practicing all of the work, I say work, but all of the strategies and the, you know, thought patterns and the mantras and actions and all those things and creating the habits that make the, uh, the, the vision of your life joy filled just like it just is just is you know a friend of mine she we were talking about um you know battling change and trying to manage life and all the upheaval that we had been going through and and she said you know I know self-care is really important and uh, everybody says that she's like you know I, I really noticed that when I spend a little bit of time scrapbooking I'm like much calmer and I, I feel way more in control. And I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, so I really, I really need to like carve out time than scrapbook. And I really need to make time for that, knowing that it's a good thing for me. I'm like, you know what? If you truly believed that, like when you get to that space where you truly, truly believe it, you won't be making time for anything. It will be non-negotiable. It just will be <laughs> like you will. It's not up for debate anymore. It's not something that you would look at and go, I'm going to not do that and do something else because it that idea of your value your worth and then what you can give as a result of having scrapbooked for a half an hour um, is in full alignment with the joy and the yes and the duh, right and it all starts with this idea of permission because really what we're often doing is we're having to look at our current belief systems and going no i don't think that's working for me And then when we, we work to believe something else to, to lean into something new, well, it's uncomfortable because it's new and I've never done that before. And then you have to practice you practice, believing in this and practice wanting things and practice (laughs) doing that alignment work. And, and I love that you have it posted. I'm a huge fan of that continuous visual reminder and, you know, triggering your, your brain to do the work for you and be like, Oh yeah, gotta be fun. Like I, that would that would be a game changer um, for a lot of people to just have that. Oh, if that's the filter I'm running things through, if it's a lens I'm just going to put in front of a decision, then then it just is. Then and it's going to change the outcome. It's going to change, you know, my response inside this situation, and it's going to make my life different. And because I am the one with all the power, you you had said this earlier about taking that responsibility for your experience where you ended up. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that that is the primary number one, like when you get to that space where you're like, oh, this is on me. And not I'm the one, I didn't make these things happen necessarily, but I'm the one who's experiencing it now. So if I am, insert any crappy thing here, um, then that I'm in control of that. And so I love that that was something you had mentioned early on in in what you were sharing because I think it's it's such a powerful experience and to know that you built from there and have now you know restructured your business and you are now supporting people to do the same it's such a valuable um say skill set but it's such a valuable energy field to bring to the planet and um so tell me a little bit about the work that you do, and and what you share with your clients to help them to get from what you know is a very stuck place to this sort of enlightened state of joy and fun and bliss. And yes,
0: <laughs> yes. I, I mean, you know, and and that sounds very rah rah. I mean, even doing the rah rah move, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's some really difficult things that um, people are facing. Um, And I do not minimize that at all. Not at all. Um, But there is the reality around how we face them that can make a difference. Um, So, you know, I work with extremely smart, energetic uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, knowledge holders who are service focused and they really have a desire to do big things in the world. And they want to create also highly profitable, what I lovingly call life loving business of impact and meaning and guilt-free freedom. Most of the people I work with are freedompreneurs, right? They got into business because they didn't want to be stuck in a job that way, right? Now, frequently their number one problem is that they're working harder than they'd like to. Um, They may be at a point in their business where they're moving really quickly Um, but they'd like to experience more growth without feeling like they have to give up the rest of their life for it. Um, Now, most of them went into business, like I said, because they wanted to experience some kind of freedom, Uh, but often they are experiencing visibility blocks or money blocks uh, or systems that don't serve them. And they're not experiencing the joy that they desire and really that they deserve, right? (laughs) They deserve. Um, Deep down, they usually know that they're standing in their own way, Mm -hmm. um, but they don't necessarily know what to do about that. Um, Sometimes they've experienced fast results in their business, um, but now they find themselves in this painful place because the success that they've created, um, at whatever level of success they have created has come back to haunt them in some way, Mm -hmm. and they're spending way more time in their business than they want to um, in the name of success, but maybe they haven't defined success as clearly as uh, they could to be beneficial for them, and they've lost the freedom that they were seeking in the first place, and the saddest thing is that when they get sucked into working this way, they often find that they're lacking in other areas of their life, you know, so sometimes, like in my story, their relationships or their health might be suffering, or maybe they have feelings of guilt um, because they're not spending time in the way that they had wanted to. My clients are typically the ones that are peddling the hardest, but they're not getting the traction that they need and want that will lead them to the the freedom that they're looking for. And so my approach is holistic. Mm. Um, I work with my clients on internal mindset as well as outer strategy um, tactics systems uh, that type of thing often business owners have these internal blocks that show up when they try to grow and i want to emphasize that this happens at all levels of business yeah. i've worked with people that are brand new in business and i've worked with multimillionaires, and Every single one of them has, has hit this point where they're, they're at this point of growth and bam, these, these blocks come up. And I work together with them on figuring out how to, in a healthy way, work through the, the mindset things and the system things to move their, forward, their business forward in an aligned way. Mm. And we de-stress their business and help them get out of their own way and leverage every ounce of their brilliance, but do it in a way that's not painful. Right. You know, ease and and joy is the goal. And, and I mean, my clients work, right. You know, I, I am not, um, I'm not that make money fast, you know, get rich quick. That's, that's not me. I mean, there's right. real work that is involved in the work that I do with my clients, um, but it's really about building something
1: that is sustainable and is joyous uh, at the end of the day. That's so fantastic and so needed. And you know, the more that I investigate and get clear on what a successful business looks like for me, the more I recognize that some of the more stereotypical mindsets or ideas around what makes success happen um, doesn't align with the energies that I want to bring into the world. So, you know, whether someone is looking at that, like balancing the feminine and the masculine energy or the yin and the yang, or however you look at it, but the idea that it's a holistic, that you are a being and that you are doing work and being of service it that it's all of you it isn't just this part that goes out and makes the money and this part that comes home and is has the family like it, it's it's you especially as as a solopreneur. Um, i'm and i'm so grateful that you are doing this work and supporting people in that way it's it's such a valuable valuable thing and and so for the people who are listening who are at any stage of their entrepreneurial journey um, this is a really important piece that you don't always get in some more masculine energy or business you know how to's the here's the four steps to this and then create the multi-million dollar whatever Um because there is work, because the work is done by like, you have to uncover what do you want and what matters to you and, and what you are willing to do and what that looks like and how your family intertwines with that and where you choose to live and what you want to spend your time on all your time and getting that clarity that will help you then determine what you do with the service that you have, the skills that you have, the brilliance that you bring to the world, all of those pieces. So if you are listening, this is really fucking important. This isn't something you can sidestep while you're making your business. This is a crucial, crucial aspect.
0: Well, it's 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 a foundational piece. And you know, yeah. so, so I have a couple different degrees. One is in computer science mm-hmm. and um, one is in HR and marketing. And those are really like how to systematic type things, right? Sure. When I first started my business, uh, i was working solely focused on those specialty areas right and and i would sit there and i'm like okay we're we're building systems that are exactly aligned to these people and yet stuff's just not going the way that i would like to see it go and and and, and the clients were happy right i wasn't i'm like there's so much more that could happen here and i feel like there's this missing piece well, the missing piece was me allowing myself to take this other part of me that does look deeper, because I'm I I don't like the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> but who I am, um, I get very bored with the shallow end of the pool, and but I wasn't giving myself permission that when I heard mindset stuff or or when I saw them self sabotaging in one way or another, I was sticking to the business strategy stuff. I, Once I gave myself permission to be holistic, which again, permission, right? Once I gave myself permission to really address my client's needs in a holistic way, results skyrocketed, results skyrocketed. You know, I say, I am not a relationship coach, right? (laughs) Not, Not what I do. Nope. <laughs> I, help, I help people with their with their businesses and and help them get past the the blocks that are keeping them from the goals that they have. And, and and some people I work with aren't necessarily business owners. Some people are like leaders within a business as well. Same type of idea. But one one of my favorite stories is a client. She was so amazing, just so so brilliant, and she had hired. Um, another individual to help her with her business and this other individual gave her a blueprint and said do this right and her sales plummeted she had seven months with no sales by the time that she and I spoke Mm -hmm. she felt like a failure she um was was very down on herself um this other mastermind that she had bought into um, when she was trying to express, you know, here's what I'm doing, and it's not working, or you're not trying hard enough. And so her self-worth just kept getting lower and lower and lower. And I'm like, Well, this is a crime. You know, this this should not happen. If you are working with somebody that makes you feel like garbage, mm-hmm. find somebody else to work with. Yeah. That is not a coach. No. Sorry, soapbox there for a minute. <laughs> Ultimately, what, what we found is that she wasn't the this the this mastermind that she bought into wasn't a match for who she was and what her goals were. Right. Um they wanted her on the stage, traveling the country, speaking and selling, mm-hmm. which is a very viable method. It's a method that I've implemented with certain with certain clients. But in her case, she had a very young son and she didn't want to be on the road all the time. So of course she wasn't getting on the stage to speak because there was this deep, deeper part of her that felt like she was being torn away from her family every time she was traveling to speak and sell from the stage. You know, the minute we uncovered, and that was simple, right? The minute we uncovered that and said, okay, well, let's sell in a different way. What's a different way that we could sell? She sold two five-figure programs within a month. You know, so it, it's okay to recognize what's working, and it's okay to recognize what's wa- not working, and be really true to yourself, mm-hmm. and and um, and 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 build out a business that works for who you are, not for who somebody else is. Right.
1: Brilliant. And that self awareness is what leads to the ease, right, that you want to be generating.
0: And, and, and with that, 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 so when that client hired me, um, I, I work in defined timelines. We have specific goals and results we're going to go for. And we work within set timeframes and her husband was 100% against her wasting more money with yet another coach. Right. Very, very against it. Um, it, it was a month Worth of conversations with her um, to say, okay, well, how can we make this work? And she ended up working with me. And within the first two months of working together, her husband called me and said, "Thank you for giving me my wife back," because she was no longer, um, she was back to being her brilliant, confident self. Right? She was right. back to believing in herself. Um, and sometimes we don't realize that we've we've lost that part of ourselves. So. Right. You know that's why I say if you're working with somebody that makes you feel like crap, leave, get out.
1: Right, and and to go back to how what your brother had said about you know, I'm so glad to have you back. It is those moments that will transpire. You it, yeah. you know, you're doing these things and you're you you know it doesn't feel good, and not even acknowledging that it's like ever people are seeing this yet you're the only one that can help yourself. So you have to do that work. <laughs> Stephanie, this has been brilliant. I am so grateful for you and this amazing conversation and for your willingness to share your journey and what um, some of those moments were like before you were able to say yes to you. So thank you so much for being with me today.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me.
1: (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go
0: from hot mess to awesomeness.